All right, everybody. Welcome back to a brand new season of our Annenberg Media Sports Radio podcast for the win. Uh, we got some amazing new podcasters with us. My name is Skylar Treppel. I'm a graduate student at the University of Southern California, and I'm thrilled to be back on this podcast. We're going to go through our favorite sports memories. Mine all time, Kobe Bryant's 60-point grand finale. My name is Ken McCoy. I'm a grad student here specializing in specialized journalism with a sports concentration. So my favorite moment sports-wise, uh, I have two, uh, would be the Comets back-to-back-to-back-to-back championships in the WNBA. Uh, I'm a native Houstonian, so I always admire that. And, of course, I'm a LeBron James fan, so him bringing the championship to Cleveland would always be a highlight. I actually cried when he did that. So. There you go. Uh, and my name is Courtney Wise. I'm a second-year grad student in the PR and advertising program. Um, my favorite sports moment, um, I guess it's not really a moment. Uh, I'm a big Seattle Seahawks fan. I'm from Seattle. So um, probably them beating the Denver Broncos um, in 2014 uh, at the Super Bowl would probably be my like biggest sports moment. But anything with the Seahawks. Nice. So. That was a moment for sure. <laughs> How's it going, guys? I am Gavin Marillo. I'm currently a sophomore at USC Annenberg uh, here at the University of Southern California. I would have to go with Ken on this one. One of my favorite sports moments is Cleveland. This <laughs> is for you. Nice. The block, everything about that. I'm also a diehard Jets fan, but uh, obviously we haven't had that many moments to uh, celebrate. But yeah. you know what, man? We're headed on the right track, so... <laughs> Just hope we can pile up those Ws. There you go. And Mark Sanchez, uh, US, USC alumnus there. So that's pretty cool, too. And, yes, Cleveland, this is for you. One of the all-time great sports moments. So nice it showed up twice. All right. So um, let's get rolling here. It's been just craziness in sports. Um, everything, of course, with the, the results of the pandemic, various cultural issues going on. Um, things with the vaccine, ch- new champions, all of that. Last time we were doing this, uh, Giannis had just won the championship. So that was very cool. But, yeah, it's a brand-new season of sports. So, Gavin, what's our uh, what's our first topic of the day? So uh, today we're actually going to be sc- discussing the John Gruden situation in the NFL and also Ooh. discussing uh, whether or not the NFL has a culture problem. So I'll just break the ice on this one. Um, as many people know, John Gruden's emails have been leaked in the past few weeks corresponding with him saying, derogatory stuff about the LGBTQ community, uh, also with the black community. And uh, I just think a good way to open this off is uh, talking about kind of like just the personal aspects of John Gruden. So uh, from a lot of the things that we've been hearing in the media, it seems like John Gruden is the type of person to uh, be cool to people to their faces, but mm-hmm. then almost talk behind their back. And I think the players that were really close to him, that's that's one of the main things that they focused on that they didn't really like about him. So with a situation like this, uh, It was one of those things, like I was saying before, where people are cool to your faces and then they go behind closed doors and they completely switch their energy. So um, one thing to consider with this situation in particular is just the fact that he felt comfortable enough to send these things over a work email to somebody that he literally worked with. And uh, something that I feel like is also overlooked in this topic is the guy that he sent a a predominant predominant amount of the emails to, Bruce Allen. Uh, This was over the course of seven years, so it wasn't just like a one-off time or anything like that. Oftentimes, we focus on, you know, Gruden. He's the big guy. He's always on TV, you know, talking loud and stuff like that. But Bruce Allen, the guy he was talking to, you know, nobody actually really considers 
what he said to not provoke John Gruden, but why was John Gruden even comfortable enough with sending that to him? You know what I mean? Right. How did he reply to John Gruden? Why why was John Gruden okay with like saying this literally on a on a work email as I was saying before? So things like this just highlight the clear diversity issue that's kind of uh, overshadowed sometimes by other issues in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, but honestly, I think uh, it was put very well in in a NFL Network um, segment that I was watching, and it said John Gruden is just a very small tree in a very large forest of passive aggressive behavior towards minority players in the NFL. And I Damn. think that's something that's actually it, it ranks so true, especially today. Um, you look at like the league executives across the league. There's 11 league executives, and only two of them are people of color. And you also look at the NFL, despite over 70% of the players being black or minority players, um, when you look at the leadership of this league, uh, black people and people of, of color, they're not really represented well. So I think um, the NFL is definitely pushing towards diversity, but still have a long way to go. And situations like this don't make it any better. Okay, I have a, I have a question for you. So how much do you think the Raiders will ultimately pay um, John Gruden to leave? Like, mm. what do you think about, like, that? It's a it's a tricky situation because in stuff like that, obviously there's contractual things that you have to like uh, adhere to, yeah, and, and things like that. But obviously with the situation, I'm sure a lot of people would be like, he he's getting paid for this, you know? Does he even deserve that? So I feel as though just contractually, he'll probably get an amount that you know is ridiculous. Um, but is that warranted? Uh, I don't necessarily think so. It's definitely not warranted, and. Um the crazy thing with all of these situations, especially when it comes to the NFL, when you hear everybody's opinion, it seems like everybody has firsthand knowledge of what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, when you look back at the Washington um, scandal with the um, sexual assault allegations with the women, everybody in-house knew what was going on, but it wasn't until something got leaked into where now the NFL wants to take action. So that's, I guess that's just the bigger problem. We all know that there's, you know, a culture within the NFL locker rooms and within within the NFL organization. I just think that when we hear these things that we should be a little bit more proactive to getting these situations resolved versus waiting until seven to 10 years later to see an email to finally nip something in the bud. So that, that was my whole big take from this John Gruden situation thing. Yeah. No, absolutely. I, I think that the NFL in particular, um, you know, the videos we remember to like like the Ray Rice thing. That's just what I go back to with the NFL. I mean, there is I mean, first of all, of course, there's the issue of concussions, which John Gruden was brutally avoiding. Uh, that's a whole other thing, though, as far as Gruden specifically. Yeah, it's it's horrific. Um, the way that they talk about women, the way that they talk about people of color, and the fact that this goes on, the fact that the NFL is now coming out and trying to say, oh, yeah, uh, we searched 750,000 emails. This was the only one. Are, are you kidding me? It's like, not, who? no one believes you guys, and you're one of the biggest organizations in the world. That sounds like a bold-faced lie because, yeah, it, it's, it's John Gruden to me, him sending, like, the, the topless photos of the cheerleaders. Like, that is just so sums up the issues in the NFL that it's just this old way of thinking. And primarily, like, really old white men who think that they can just do whatever they want and treat people that way. And it's not okay. It doesn't fly in today's world. And what's really interesting is, like, the the NBA has sort of adapted with its players. 
culturally. Sure. Yeah. And that's why you see less issues and you see like social justice coalitions formed and communication between owners and management and players and these conversations. Um, but with the NFL, it's it's just brutal. It just has not adapted. It still sort of seems more geared towards the owners um, rather than the players. And I think that until they really figure that out, they really give their players a voice and there's that element of transparency and communication, we're going to just keep seeing issues like this. Oh, yeah. This isn't, this isn't the last time yeah. that there's going to be a firing or a, I'm sorry, a resigning in the NFL when it comes to, you know, emails of being leaked. Yeah. Um, I just think that we're just going to have to wait and see what that is because the NFL is not going to be proactive to go look for it until it, you know, hits them in the face. For sure. And you see guys like uh, Urban Meyer getting hired now. And not that, I, I feel like at the time when that was happening, people were still iffy about it, but you just look at some of his coaching decisions as a coach, uh, like in the beginning of the season when he hired Chris Doyle from the University of Iowa. Uh, even after being a 20-year university uh, veteran at the program for the strength and conditioning uh, program at, at the University of Iowa. You know, he was put on, on administrative leave before being hired for the Jaguars uh, for al allegedly treating, like, black players specifically negatively and unfairly because of their oh, race. So, so when you see stuff like that happening in the NFL, when there's clearly more qualified candidates and you just see, like, what you guys are saying, that old uh, white man almost, quote-unquote, yeah. mentality, uh, where there's, there's almost like a pipeline uh, and it and doesn't allow other people to get the opportunity, that's when you see that there's a real issue. Definitely. Courtney, do you have uh, any closing <laughs> thoughts on this before? I know I know you want to talk a little bit of Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, I mean, basically, you know, the John Gruden situation, the Urban Meyer situation, like, all of it, like, comes together, and it's just, like, very mind-blowing. Um, and, of course, you know, like, I feel like the NFL needs to have, like, these conversations with, you know, like, the mm -hmm. head coaches, with players, um, all about like diversity and uh, cultural aspects. And so I feel like, you know, it's just kind of, they just have to be a little bit more like proactive on what, you know, they go about this situation, so. For sure. Mm -hmm. And how about uh, Super Bowl in LA this year? Ooh, Pretty oh, exciting yeah. stuff. Super excited for the Super Bowl in LA. So basically, you know, the Super Bowl is gonna be played at sofi stadium um in february 2022 it is the first time since 1993 that the super bowl will be taking place in la so super excited for that now um i want to know what you guys think about what does you know a super bowl in los angeles mean for la it's going to be a party uh <laughs> la is just known for party and entertainment and so bringing the super bowl here is definitely Definitely uh, the vibe, I would say. Uh, I'm excited to see the halftime show. For sure. Among yes. Uh, I'm a big Kendrick Lamar fan. Uh, I grew up with Dr. Dre. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I'm excited to see what the uh, halftime show looks like. And I'm also, I'm also low-key rooting for at least an L.A. team to mm -hmm. be represented in the Super Bowl. I think the Rams have the best shot. Uh, the yes. Chargers yesterday looked absolutely Bad. atrocious. Yeah. I'm not even going to get started on that game. But uh, I think the Rams have a shot to actually be the team from L.A. in the L.A. Super Bowl. That's really cool. And, and we'll get into uh, predictions, too. But I think, yeah, a Super Bowl in L.A. is just absolutely incredible, right? Because L.A., I mean, it's it's considered the number two market in the world which actually blows my mind like i would still think it's bigger than new york just with the the sports and the entertainment 
And I feel as though this Super Bowl alone could actually end up helping L.A. even surpass New York as the number one uh, media market. It could be that big of a deal. What a Super Bowl can do for a city. But then a city like L.A. that has the Lakers, that has this rich history of sports, except sort of football, you know, because, right, like Raiders leaving and it wasn't the same. And so I just feel as though, you know, people tried to make jokes, right? Oh, uh, an L.A. team, uh, how's the fans going to be? Are they really going to get loud? And SoFi is loud. SoFi is bumping. Like, like I really think L.A. will prove that not only can it have a football team, but but that it can do everything, you know, that it can support a Super Bowl, the amount of jobs that are going to be created, uh, the amount of opportunities, the amount of shows. Mm. So I think this could be massive. And, yes, this is this is – this is the greatest Super Bowl halftime show before it even happened. Um, we've got, yeah, I absolutely grew up on Dr. Dre as well. Followed Kendrick since the beginning. Uh, Eminem was one of the first rappers I was into as well. Came up in that time. And then Snoop Dogg, too. You got Snoop Dogg with Dr. Dre. And then, hey, I mean, they were all at Coachella uh, 10 years ago, Dre and Snoop. And so they brought out the Tupac hologram then. So just saying, you heard yeah. it here first. I'm thinking we might see the Tupac That's hologram Tupac and some hologram? Ca- California love. Yes. That would be uh, as as far as Super Bowl like game predictions, it would be nice to see a team from LA. Mm-hmm. It would be the Rams. I think the NFC matchup will be Rams Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I mm-hmm. I've learned not to doubt Tom Brady, and so um, I think that the Bucks might might go back to back. Would be my call. I originally thought they'd do it against the Chiefs. Man, AFC is more wide open than it's ever been. I mean, after yesterday, I'd predict the Ravens. By next yeah. week, the it'll Ravens be someone else. <laughs> Ravens are looking amazing right about now. They are yeah. looking really good, especially with everything that was happening with the Chargers. Yeah. You know, they were on that hot streak. And yeah. Everything was yeah. going really well for them. For sure. And then you just see the Ravens come to town and completely dismantle them. All, <laughs> Crazy. Like, literally shut them down. But, yeah, in terms of everything that you were saying with the Super Bowl coming to L.A., just surely from a media perspective, surely from a, a marketing perspective for L.A., like what you said, it can literally change like the infrastructure yeah. of a city, and also just the fact that uh you know Steve Ballmer he, he's putting the new uh, stadium for the Clippers mm-hmm. right next to SoFi Stadium. I'm sure that will somehow correlate to you know them opening that uh, with the Super Bowl being here. So just in terms of event planning, uh, getting more media attention, getting more attention overall to the city of LA uh, for how big it is and how much of an entertainment hub it is, I think the Super Bowl being here is is going to be really monumental for the city. Absolutely. No, I couldn't agree more. And then, uh, Courtney Gavin, I don't think we've got your uh, Super Bowl predictions yet. All right. So for me, I really like what you guys said about the Rams and everything. But like you said before, man, it's hard to bet against Tom Brady. So I am taking uh, probably the Bucks to come out of the NFC. I feel as though they're the most well-equipped team on both sides of the ball. Although they have been uh, shaky sometimes, I feel like usually uh, during the first half of the season, it's kind of like they're, they're warm-up when they're revving the engine. So I feel like uh, as the season goes on, they'll become more of a, a tight team, especially with Gronk coming back uh, probably later and stuff like that. In terms of the AFC, like you said, it's hard to tell right now because it's really wide open. One week, uh, I mean, it hasn't really been the Chiefs all year, but one week uh, you see the Ravens doing stuff, and then the week before, literally, it's like the Chargers. Oh, my God, are they the team? Yeah. So, I mean, it's really hard to tell for the AFC. I would love to see uh, the Chargers or something like that go. That was that was my uh, early prediction earlier yeah. in the season. but. After that, I think they got to really work on some things with their run defense, stuff like that. So uh, definitely room for improvement. But the AFC, like you said, it's wide open. So yeah. Be anybody. Maybe the Chiefs can still find a way. Maybe, Who knows? yeah. Who knows? I don't know what Patty. Yeah, and uh, for me, I think 
um, who's coming out of the AFC. I'm just going to go with the Bills. The Bills are looking pretty good. That's a good take. Yeah. Um, and then the NFC, I'm going to – I'm gonna have to say the Cardinals. Wow, um, they're nice. they're looking pretty hot right now. I wish it was the Seahawks, but Russell Wilson is out for like a few weeks, and you know, at the end of the day, Geno Smith is Geno Smith. So, um, <laughs> yeah, that's Jets my legend. yeah, you know. <laughs> that's tough. That's tough. Uh, yeah, it was crazy, Gavin. You mentioned Steve Ballmer yesterday. Uh, the Clippers actually came to USC Galen Center and held a free open court practice. Balmer was there, Kawhi was there in the street clothes. I found out like 20 minutes before and I darted over there, but it was crazy. But yeah, NBA starts tomorrow, uh, 75th anniversary, so pretty crazy stuff. It is the most wonderful time of the year for yeah. me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like you said, NBA starts tomorrow. Uh, two marquee matchups tomorrow. Of course, you have the um, Nets and the Bucks finals well the finals rematch for them and then you have the warriors and the lakers um uh, i didn't really watch i think toast got this i really didn't watch preseason this year yeah. um i just have a thing about preseason i don't get i don't let my anxiety get too hot before it needs to yeah so uh kind of wait until the season starts um but from what i've seen from the lakers big three Although they didn't win a game in preseason, I think they, I think they actually have a shot. Um, they seem to have a chemistry. They seem to have chemistry down. They seem to know their roles. Um, it doesn't seem like anyone is, you know, trying to overstep their bounds. LeBron is still being LeBron, uh, and AD is um, AD's shooting percentage uh, in the preseason mm-hmm. uh, surprised me. So it looks like where they lacked in perimeter shooting last year, he's going to make up for it this year. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to see what they do. But I, and I hate to say this out loud, I have Brooklyn. Oh. I have Brooklyn winning everything the whole wow. time. Mm-hmm. Wow, wow, wow. And I, I, it, it took me like two weeks to sit down with myself in a <laughs> corner and admit this and be okay with this because you can't stop them. Even without Kyrie Irving, they're doing damage in the NBA. So just to see what they're able to do without Kyrie, just imagine if he comes back, decides to get vaccinated. I doubt it, but, you know. uh, Yeah, the ceiling is just way too high for them to not win this year. I just don't see them not winning. So let me ask you this. Um, In terms of the Brooklyn Nets, do you think they can get it done without Kyrie, if possible? Yes. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. they would have got it done last year if Harden was healthy. Yeah. So that was the only thing. And then the the, the foot on the line. Yeah, that one shot. Yeah, that messed up everything. So, yeah, they had it last year. They just didn't have, you know, a healthy Harden and then, you know, a mistake in the final game, game seven. So. Yeah, I really agree with what you said about the Lakers. Although uh, they didn't win anything in the preseason, it is just the preseason. So yeah. let's not overreact to anything that happens there. Um, on the on the bright side of the preseason, though, I did see uh, teams like the Bulls making some serious strides. They have a, a really really nice new core there with Zach Levine, Lonzo Ball, and the Goat Caruso himself, man. So it, it's Caruso. looking yeah, it, it's looking really cool uh, over there in Chicago. But in terms of the Lakers, with what you were saying, I agree. Uh, I don't think it's any uh, reason to overreact for what they did in the preseason. I think that team is really built for the playoffs, uh, especially with the age that they have on their roster yeah. and stuff like that. So um yeah you know I'd I'd love to see like a a Lakers 
Brooklyn type of final, but you know that's that's a dream scenario. Oh yeah, so. they're, those are two I have in the final. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, not even question. Yeah, no, I think that uh, as far as that goes, I think that the Lakers will still win. I think that uh, Kyrie, or sorry, James Harden and Kevin Durant without Kyrie Irving showed last year that they were essentially Kevin Durant's toe on the line away from going to the NBA Finals. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, though, I don't think it changed. I, I think they could still beat any team except for the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, I think that the the big three is just too much. I watched every game of the preseason because I got to work with uh, Lakers Nation and do the post game and stuff. And, yeah, they were starting different combinations every night. The preseason was just them trying it out. Yeah. Fans were going crazy, overreacting. But, no, it, it really was just the preseason for them. They weren't even playing their starters at the end of games when it was a close game. Uh, because it was time for them to rest and to look at the young guys. Exactly. So they were playing different combinations, and there was a lot I liked. You know, Russ started off shaky, and then he starts getting a little bit more aggressive. Turnovers. Yeah, uh, turnovers were brutal. And so, um, but still, you know, Russ, Russ and AD in the pick and roll is going to be one of the most deadly pick and rolls in league history. Uh, Carmelo Anthony shot a higher three-point percentage than he has since 2008 last year, um, second highest of his career. Lakers have multiple 40% shooters who Russ works well with, and then you got a guy named LeBron James still. <laughs> and so uh, yeah. I, I think that I think this team can still go all the way. Yeah, um, I totally agree with you. Um, in terms of the Lakers, you know, I'm a, I'm kind of a big Lakers fan, so you know, I think that, you know, they've got what they got uh, with the new squad. But um, at the end of the day, I think that, you know, the Brooklyn Nets might um, beat out the Lakers um, and go to the finals, um, even with or without Kyrie. Um, so yeah. And what do you guys think in terms of uh? Giannis Antetokounmpo is he does he deserve the crown of, of the best player in the NBA right now or does that still belong to somebody else absolutely not uh, LeBron James huh yeah. Ent- enter LeBron James until he retires and that's just <laughs> for me there um, you go I'm glad Giannis won last year and I'm not knocking him on anything last year but he got there lucky he mm-hmm. was he, it was a it was a lucky shot um Phoenix fell apart last year really which did. was yeah. surprising to me um, I wanted to see CP3 get his ring, but I don't think Giannis will be able to repeat half no. of what he did this year. No, I just don't see it happening. No, yeah, I think uh, I think Giannis did really, really well last year, like amazingly well. That will always be one of the most valuable championships of all time, yes. as far as like mm-hmm. his place on the team, the fact that he never left. Um, I think he deserved a championship in his career, and players usually don't get this like lucky break situation. Yeah, yeah. and and he really it was it was sort of like I don't know it reminds me like if if the Lakers weren't the Lakers in two thousand one, and Allen Iverson was somehow able to get yes. the championship, you know, yeah. a guy who just deserves it, like just does it all yeah. for their team, mm-hmm. and I feel like that's what happened with Giannis. Um, but before we get up on out of here, uh, for the NBA season starting out. I want to get very quickly everyone's NBA and NFL MVP predictions. Oh, yeah. Okay, so I'll go first in this one. Uh, like you guys were talking about the Cardinals before, got to go with Kyler right now for the NFL's MVP. He's playing out of this world. Uh, he's, he's actually going crazy with his legs uh, and also throwing the ball, too. He can really sling it. 
Um, so I think if he just continues that performance and the Cardinals continue to stay, I mean, it's hard to stay undefeated in the NFL. Uh, yeah, you, I'm sure you guys understand that. Yep. But, like, uh, I, I just see I see him, like, what he's doing in terms of production and everything like that, like, it's really hard to match just with his play style. Um, and t- in terms of the NBA, I feel like uh, somewhat of a dark horse candidate, but not too much of a hot take. I feel like Luka Doncic is going to have a stellar mm. season this year. So I feel this like he could he could really – Go off and you know get some media attention on him. So that's my pick. Nice. Uh, I'm gonna go the same route for as far as the NFL goes. Uh, Colin Murray, um, the way he sees the field right now is mm-hmm. is truly special. Uh, and just to see his progression from over the years, uh, so definitely Colin Murray as far as the NFL goes. I don't see anyone in a close second right now that I can think of. NBA, uh, you gotta give it to Kevin Durant. Mm. Uh, I just think that. What he's going to do with this Brooklyn team this year is going to be like what no what everyone expected to happen last year. That last year was supposed to be his big year, so I think he's going to get his chance this year. So you got to give it to Kevin for that. Yeah, and for my NFL predictions, I'm gonna have to say Kyler Murray because he's super you know quick on his feet. But as a close second, I would have to say like Josh Josh mm. Allen um, as like a backup. Um, MVP candidate but um, for my NBA um, MVP prediction I would have to say either yeah Kevin Durant or James Harden Um, so all Brooklyn Nets very nice (laughs) all right for NFL um, I I honestly think Tom Brady is having his best season since 2007 Mm -hmm. multiple five touchdown games uh, leads the league in passing yards at 44 years old I read a stat the other day, uh, and Tom Brady has played 29 fewer games in his 40s than in his 20s so far. And uh, he's already thrown for more touchdowns in his 40s than in his 20s, where he won three Super Bowls. It's it's just out of this world. I've never seen anything like it. It really blew my mind. Uh, Kyler Murray is incredible. The second Brady retires, like, it's these dudes' league. It's Kyler Murray's league. It's Lamar Jackson's league. It's Patrick Mahomes' league. Uh, but Brady just won't go away right now, and I, I think this yeah. is the last season we'll really see Tom Brady in peak form like this. So well, I think he can pull out of that. We said that last season. Uh, yeah. So. <laughs> Well, we never know. And then NBA, I'm going with a crazy one here. Um, Watching preseason, Anthony Davis has put on a ton of weight. Uh, His dunks have far more power, um, and he's improved on the perimeter. And, you know, ESPN ranked him the number two player in the league after that 2020 championship. It's been one year only. Uh, They had a 71-day offseason. And yeah, he was not he was not ready. It was the shortest offseason in sports history. I think Anthony Davis comes back this year with Russell Westbrook and LeBron James both wanting him to be the best player on that team and pulls out a miraculous MVP, showing everyone he's the OG. All right, everybody, that is all we have today on For the Win. Uh, I want to thank Ken, Gavin, and Courtney for being so amazing on the show today. And, uh, you know, just great times all around. Keep tuning in, and always remember to go for the win.